You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Wednesday, or better known as Hump Day. How are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm doing well because I wasn't the victim of a hack attack. What is this Pegasus? Talk to me about Pegasus. Pegasus is a um, basically malware that uh, a company produced for spying purposes, intelligence gathering, if you will. You, you can get infected by, you know, a simple link, a text message, um, by an unknown vulnerability on your system. Um, and this would essentially give the attacker access to everything on that device, all data that goes through it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out today talking about Pegasus and how you can find out if you've been the victim of Pegasus and how you can see if you've been hacked or you're suspected of being hacked or if you're vulnerable to being hacked and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess who is at the top of the list of now being a victim? He's a victim now of being mm. hacked. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably some no name, you know, nobody that, you know, just wants to live a normal life. Well, you're close. You're close. French President Emmanuel Macron. Oh, <laughs> a nobody. Yes, I was right on yes. that one. But yeah, wanting to live a simple, normal life. I don't know. Yeah, it's just not in his so. repertoire. French President Emmanuel Macron is one of 10 prime ministers, three presidents and a king that have reportedly been uh, hit by the uh, the Pegasus Project. Emmanuel Macron of France, South African President Ramaphosa. Uh, the president of Iraq, uh, Pakistan, Egypt, Morocco, Lebanon, Uganda, Belgium, and the king of Morocco have all been hit by Pegasus. It's funny how that Macron, especially, he's now the victim. You see that he's he's now the victim. You know there was. If a, I remember uh, right, if I remember right, uh, it was created by an Israeli like intelligence firm or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Israeli's, uh, yeah, it was an Israeli spyware program uh, is what it was. And then it's just now been kind of passed around. And uh, apparently, Mm -hmm. apparently Morocco used it to uh, target some other people, but it was also used on the Moroccan king himself. So Moroccan intelligence services used it against their own, I'm guessing. Oh, and not only is it this stuff, I was reading about what they're trying, what they're researching to try to, you know, make this um, malware currently requires you to take the first action, if you will. So in other words, if you if you want to infect someone's system, you have to give them a link or uh, an attached it. file or whatnot. So they're you send working them like on making it. You send them an app, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. and they open the app. That's the door. Right. I got you. Right. Yeah. Or, or you know, an email uh, a web page link, you know, something like that. It's something that requires you to actively go to it. They were looking at ways of uh, coding it to where it doesn't even require action from you. So it just infects your system. And I sincerely hope they don't research into going into something like that, because if they do that, that is a can of worms that 
is going to be far more destructive than it is going to be useful. Can you imagine ransomware that doesn't require you to download something or or click on a link or any of that kind of stuff? It's just boom, it's on your system. And congrats. How do you get rid of it now? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. Uh, but at the same time, well, we just need to, um, because of the cyber pandemic, you see, uh, the coming cyber pandemic, we just need to turn over control of the internet to uh, people like Klaus yeah. Schwab and, and his group so they can protect it. Mm -hmm. That would be the easiest mm -hmm. way to do things, right? Just turn it over to them and, and let them do it? Yeah, um, if you turn it over to them and let them do it, number one, it wouldn't be any safer. It would be far more dangerous uh, because... You know, if you have one ruling body, you're going to have more rebels rise up and, um, you know, stick it to the man, if you will. Are you saying that are, are you saying are you implying that the United Nations has no credibility? Because let's be honest, that's who would be tasked with being over the Internet, because that's what Obama was making moves to do was that right there, putting the Internet kill switch in and turning it over to the U.N. You would have no privacy. You would have no freedom on the Internet. Um, you would be restricted probably to how long you're allowed and how much of the internet you're allowed to use. I don't think you'd be allowed um, at all without your vaccination status. If your ESGs yeah, are yeah. not up to par, which let's be honest, the health status is included in all of that. If they're mm -hmm. not up to par, well, uh, yeah, you can't get on the internet. Oh, and by the way, we've gone ahead and closed your bank account this morning because, well, you're not vaccinated. So yeah, uh, you, we're just, we're, we're making things easier for you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Yesterday, we talked about the, uh, uh, the advisor to the UK government. The hell is that guy's name? Uh, it, it's already eluded me. Hang on. Sir Patrick Valance. He stated yesterday, and I'm going to play. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to play it. He said yesterday that 60% of the people that were going into the hospital with COVID had been double vaccinated, correct? That's what he said. As a matter of fact, yep. I'll just play him saying it now. It's around 60% of the people being admitted to hospital with COVID have been double vaccinated. And that's not surprising because the vaccines are not 100% effective. They're very, very effective, but not 100%. So the answer is that we should expect to see a higher proportion of people in hospital and catching the infection who are double vaccinated. That is inevitable that we will see that because of the um, not uh, the, the less than 100% efficacy of the vaccines overall. Okay. Now, Bruce, is there any way that you could confuse what he just said with uh, maybe a misconception, possibly? I mean, do you think that he meant something other than what he actually said, is my question. Uh, I, the only thing you could surmise from what he said is that the vaccines are 100% effective and we're going to see people in the hospital that have been double vaccinated with COVID. Uh -huh. I mean, there's not really anything else that you can surmise from what he just said. Well, unfortunately, what you're talking about there, that's just not true because uh, he's since redacted that statement that we talked about yesterday. And as a matter of fact, he's gone back on what he just said there. That's what he said at the podium. There's no way to confuse vaccinated and unvaccinated in what he just said. Because if you say unvaccinated, if you replace vaccinated with unvaccinated, if you replace 60% vaccinated, double vaccinated at that, if you replace that with 60% undouble vaccinated, none of it makes any sense. None of the, his explanation there would fit in the same context. It makes no sense. About an hour after we called it quits yesterday, he came out on his Twitter feed and said this. This is linked up on our Telegram page with a link to his Twitter account. And I went there and I looked at it this morning. It's there. Correcting a statistic I gave at the press conference today, 19th of July. About 60% of hospitalizations from COVID are not 
from double vaccinated people. Rather, 60% of hospitalizations from COVID are currently from unvaccinated people. No, I, I think he was correct the first time. It also lines up with two other things, and this is outside of him just doing a 180. I'm sure that he probably went off the stage and they started screaming at him, get back out there and, and correct that. Because Boris is saying, well, uh, you're going to have to be double jabbed in September if you want to go into a bar or a, or, or a pub or a restaurant or anything like that, or, or any kind of a venue, concert venues, things like that. You're going to have to be double jabbed. But yet he's now saying, uh, Sir Patrick Valance is saying that 60% of the people going into the hospitals have been double jabbed. Now, see, that doesn't work. That's a conflict right there. So you need to get back out there and you need to make another statement on that. Too late. The cat was out of the bag. That lines up. His original statement lines up with exactly the data we're looking at from other nations. Israel, Denmark, Germany, the United States, all of it. They're all going into the hospitals with COVID that have been double jabbed. It's out today. Nancy Pelosi's one of her top aides who's been double vaccinated down with COVID because they came in contact with one of the Texas Democrats that fleed or whatever. I think it's still what you're saying, though. I think it's still just a it's a publicity game. But multiple, actually, um, it was multiple aides for oh, Pelosi and Biden. Oh, OK. All right. But they've all been double jabbed. What's the problem? Oh, mm -hmm. we we know that those mm -hmm. vaccines aren't going to be 100 percent effective, right? Yeah. Uh huh. So if it wasn't for the data, if it wasn't for the data, I would give him a little bit of leeway and say, OK, maybe maybe he was, you know, he, he read like a, a quick note card or something and he, he remembered a fact wrong and then he went on a speech about it off script or something and and totally. But the problem is, is all the data that we're seeing correlates to his first statement. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And here's the other I, thing I don't, I don't to that. Yeah, here, here's the other thing to that, though. Regardless of the other data that we're looking at in a lot of these other countries, not only are we examining that, we're also referencing in in our, our way of looking at things, we're also referencing the studies that were done prior to this. We knew last year it was going to cause this. You start whacking people up with this thing, their body now emits what it's supposed to fight against. So you come in contact with another virus of any kind, then your body's going to react to it. You're going to provoke an autoimmune response. We knew this was going to happen. They knew it, too. Yeah, the research papers we've seen on this vaccine type, the mRNA vaccines, uh, the, that, that's the side effects we were seeing is the, <laughs> some pretty gnarly reactions to it. Yeah, uh, specifically, I mean, it's we, we put I'm not sure. I don't know if we actually referenced the uh, or listed the uh, the actual research paper. Maybe we should put that up on our page and let view, or let listeners go and pick it up for themselves. Maybe I can do that this week. I'll get that tracked down and I'll uh, I'll get that up there. Uh, University of uh, Galveston, Texas, uh, University of Texas in Galveston, uh, their biological research facility down there. They trialed these vaccines. They developed these vaccines after the SARS outbreak, the original SARS outbreak. And all the animal test subjects in there died. It's clear. It's clear. It's been peer reviewed and, and certified and stamped and published and all the rest of it. It's out there, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. Uh, case in point, we'll talk about Fauci and, uh, uh, and Senator Rand Paul today. They got into it again today on Capitol Hill. I got clips of that coming up here in just a minute. But yeah, that has now been retracted in the UK. Uh, he's gone back on that course. Like I said, too late. Cat's out of the bag. Boris Johnson mm -hmm. is out today with this. Unvaccinated football fans will be banned from matches in the UK unless you're double vaccinated. Now, they're saying that um, dangerous variants. Now, see, it's variants, right? It's the pluralistic form of this. Now it's variants. Dangerous variants 
are circulating and the infection rate is climbing to catastrophic levels. The U.S. put the U.K. yesterday on a level four travel advisory, meaning do not travel to there. They put it up there with Afghanistan, just like they did with Germany a few months ago. You remember that? They put they put yeah. Germany on on the same level as Afghanistan. There's nothing going on here other than catastrophic flooding. That is what's happening with that is a is a tragedy in and of itself. Because yeah. not only the flooding, but the government's now jamming things up with the bureaucracy and they're not allowing the actual aid to get through. Think of it like Hurricane Katrina. Do you remember the mismanagement of government mm -hmm. there? And yeah. people were suffering. It's the farmers that are going out, the local farmers that are going out with their stuff and they're digging people out. It's not the rescue crews. They're all bunched up on the outsides of town saying, what the hell's going on? We can't get in because of government bureaucracy. In the meantime, the politicians are grandstanding. Yeah. Yeah, they really care about you. According to a new report, the UK government is preparing to announce that football fans who haven't received a full COVID vaccination, meaning two jabs, will be banned from entering the stadiums as a two-tier society of the jabbed and the jab not moves closer. Congratulations. You've successfully begun to split societies. Congratulations. All you uh, unifying, unity, do-gooding idiots, this is what you have created, is exactly this. Yeah. Tolerance is no longer good enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. Compliance. Inclusive inclusiveness. Required. Tolerance. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You're going to learn all about tolerance when this reckoning happens. Now, the last people that you want to piss off in society are football fans. That is another tribe in and of itself. I wouldn't even go as far as to say that they are um, principled. I don't know if that's the right word or not. I know people that like watching football or, or soccer, as we call it in America. I know people that like watching it, but they're not part of that tribe. They can't be around people like that. The football yeah. fans, the hardcore, scrapping, throwing haymakers in the alleyways, football fans. I know an English football fan. They used to call him football hooligans. They still do. His nickname is actually the hooligan because he used to go and get he was part of the club that would go out and get in fights in the alleyways. You ever heard of a Chelsea smile? Look it up. It actually exists. They're street fighters. You don't want to piss them off. And more to the point, Marty will tell you this when he comes in here. They're not going to go out there and they're not going to burn down the pubs. They're not going to burn down the taverns. They're not going to burn down the uh, the shops because they have to go there. They have to go to those places. They like their food. They like their, their restaurants. They like their cafes. They like their pubs where they can drink and watch their football and have something to eat. They're not going to go burn those places down. They're going to go to the government buildings. You know, I remember there was a game. I want to say it was um, I want to say it was in Scotland and we saw 35,000 football fans out on the streets getting into absolute... I mean, I'm talking like breaking beer bottles over each other's heads, right? And for anybody that knows, that anybody that's been to Europe, the beer bottles on this side of the Atlantic are extremely thick. They, they don't just usually break the first time you throw them at the ground. Right. And they're breaking these things over each other's heads out in the streets fighting. Those are not the kind of people you want to piss off. And I know that I was, I was kind of a little bit harsh to the football fans, Earlier this year and I earlier, well, yeah, earlier in this year. And I said, why don't you take all that energy that you're wasting and put it towards something useful and go down to number 10 and just stand there? You don't have to get crazy. You don't have to do any property damage. You don't have to do anything like that. 
Just go down there and stand there. The protesters in London that go out there on the weekends, the part of this uh, this great reopening uh, movement that's working through the UK at the moment. Great movement, by the way, simply because they're they're peaceful. They don't go out there and damage property. They don't go out there and burn businesses out. They don't go out there and smash people's uh, belongings. They don't get in fights, except if it's with the police stomping on them, hitting them with tear gas and water cannons. Unprovoked, I might add. But what do they do? They show up at number 10. They show up at Westminster and they throw tennis balls over the fences with messages of freedom on them and liberty on them. Kind of like what the French are doing now. They're not doing the tennis ball thing, but they're chanting liberty out in front of government buildings by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands in some cases. I'm telling you right now, English football fans are going to be lobbing things over those fences at number 10 and at Westminster, and it's not going to be tennis balls. You start banning them from the only thing that matters to them you're going to have a serious fight on your hands. And it's not going to come from the people like myself that are just waiting. I'll just put it that way. I'm just waiting. I'm going to I'm going to take a line here from Bruce. Please, please push just a little bit more. Just a little more. We're not the kind of people that you want to piss off. We're very law abiding people. We're civil people. We'll bend over backwards to help you out. Hell, we'll give you the shirts off our backs. But the part of the world where Bruce and I come from, you can only push us so far. We do have lines in the sand. We do have them. And they're about to step over that line. Pray that they never do. It would be in their best interest not to. I'll put it that way. Because I'll tell you something. It's not, it's not, and that's not a threat. That is not a threat. I'm not, I'm not saying that in a threatening manner at all, at all. That's not the kind of person I am. And I will never be that kind of person. What I'm saying is, is that there will come a time in the very near future where you will, as a politician, as a bureaucrat, whatever you are, involved in this, continuing this against the people that want freedom and just want to be left the hell alone. You will pay this bill. You bastards are not going to get away with this. You are going to pay for this. And it's not going to be like the old days where they they drag you out in the town square. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that. That actually would be the easier way to do it by a lot of these people that you've pissed off in a lot of these towns and locales around the world. That's what they want to do. Oh, they might not be saying it, but that's what they're really feeling inside. People have had enough. You are going to be praying for people like us to come in there and to take you away and keep you safe for your trial. And that's what's going to happen because you will stand trial for this. You must stand trial for this. It can't go any other way. Football fans. Back to that before I before I jump too far off of that and get off my soapbox here. Football fans. <laughs> English football fans. I'm telling you, you do this to English football fans. They are going to they are going to riot. They are going to riot. What do you think? And well, um, all I have to say to all of that is government's bad. OK, I wish the government people the best of luck with this one, because this yep. is not, this is not going to go over well at all. You start telling players that they can't go in there. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know, there was a, no. a I, I remember there was something that the the owners of Manchester United, you know, Manchester United football club, everybody knows the name, if nothing else. You don't have to know anything about like the politics of it or the players or anything like that. But everybody knows the club, the football club, Manchester United. There was something that the or maybe it was Chelsea. I don't know. It's one of those English, the, those big English football clubs. But there was something that the owners did. The It's a family. I think it was Manchester United. It was something that the owners did, that the family did, and the fans didn't like it. And they started, and they showed up at the at the stadium in mass, and they were stomping the hell out of cops that were there at the stadium, just over something that the family did. <laughs> so you're going to tell them that they can't go to their beloved football game? You're going to tell them, no, sorry, you got to stay home now and watch it. 
after you just had the euro no no i i, yeah. I don't think so that that's not gonna fly that's not gonna fly so you have to be double jabbed okay you got to be double jabbed. According to Boris Johnson, you've got to be double jabbed. And starting in September, that now includes all football games. You have to be double jabbed before you can go to a football game. A negative test is not going to be sufficient. In his own words, says it's not going to be sufficient. This is out of the UK today. Deaths due to the COVID vaccines in the UK after six months are 407% higher than deaths due to all other vaccines combined in the last 11 years. Sounds almost like the statistics in the U.S. via the VAERS system. Although VAERS, I got a new, I got a new report on that. Uh, VAERS, they're saying that VAERS makes up around 1% of reported cases. 1%. There's also a filing that was made in federal court two days ago against the CDC. They found some documents that the CDC tried to cover up. Just just a minor footnote, I'm sure. Uh, and it showed over 45,000 people have died within the first 72 hours of receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. Those are not good statistics. Those are not good statistics, which would corroborate the same numbers we're seeing here out of this uh, this report that's been published in the UK, 407% increase in deaths due to all other vaccines combined in the last, uh, the last 11 years which would be about right. If you take the figures that we're looking at in America, including the ones that we're just now hearing about, if you take those and you look at the statistics that uh, uh, renowned individuals such as Dr. Mike Yaden, former vice president of Pfizer, chief scientific officer, he said if you have 25 vaccine-related deaths in the U.S. per year, they shut it down. It stops. Yep. So I think you're looking at larger than a 400% increase in that respect. Even if you're looking at VAERS, VAERS is over 10,000. Hell, we're looking at upwards 11,000 now, according to VAERS. Uh, I haven't looked at it in the last couple of days, but um, I, we just crossed 10,000 the other day. A FOIA request made to the MHRA has revealed just how deadly the COVID-19 vaccines really are. A request made by Duncan Husband on the 29th of May in 2021, asked the MHRA to provide a list of new vaccines in the UK between 2010 and 2020. We've had quite a few. And also to provide the number of deaths per vaccine per month for the same time frame. So they complied with the request and they gave him the exact information that he asked for. When it comes to government, you have to be very specific. There's no gray area with government. You have to be specifically black and white. That's all they deal in. So you have to tell them yeah. specifically what you want in that Freedom of Information Act request. And nine times out of 10, they'll give it to you unless part of it's redacted for some reason. But it, yeah. Anyway, uh, I have do these we, statistics here. Go ahead. Do we really trust the government, though, when it comes down to FOIAs? I, I, no. I think FOIAs are great. And, and honestly, but exactly because of what you said right there, they can redact things and they choose what they redact. That means the information they give us, they choose to give us. That is correct. Like the Fauci emails, all the good stuff was redacted. Those are the parts we need to see. That's the stuff we need to see. That's what makes this case against Fauci and, and the NIH and Gates and the DOD and Facebook and Google and all the rest of it. That's what makes the case. You need to see the redacted. As far as I'm concerned, everything's on the table. Just like P Dr. Peter Navarro said, everything's on the table with Fauci. Nothing should be redacted. Nothing. The MHRA which is the UK's version there. They they fulfilled the uh, FOIA request on the 29th of June. Uh, so about a month ago, they did this. And they provided a full list of approved vaccines and a vaccine analysis print for each type of vaccine, including the Adacel jab, which I don't know what that is. Uh, they said they didn't have any reports on that, whatever that is. Uh, A-D-A-C-E-L, Adacel. <clears throat> that one I've never heard of. Uh, the glue, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, you want to see these things. Um, tetanus? Tetanus? No, uh, it, it's not tetanus. Tetanus is spelled different, right? Wait, let me see. Tetanus? I guess it is. Okay, so they came up with a new tetanus jab. Okay, got it. Tetanus. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess it is tetanus. Sorry, I hadn't ever seen tetanus spelled out before. I've only yeah, heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, tetanus. Is and the way it more. sounds and the way it's spelled is different. Anyway, yeah, okay, yeah. so tetanus. Um, as the, there's a few other things, and I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to try to pronounce those, but let's just say tetanus is is one of them. Unfortunately, they don't give him the uh, the rest of the data saying that uh, uh, breaking it down by month, but nonetheless, they provided pretty much everything else. So you can break it down by month if you want, I guess. But um, nonetheless, you're looking for the overall death number at the end of it. So that's that's kind of what you're focused on here. The Pediasel vaccine to tackle diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis was granted authorization by the MHRA. I'm assuming that's like their FDA. On December 3rd of 2010, as of April 8th, 2021, there have been uh, 3,013 adverse reactions and 15 deaths reported to the MHRA. Okay, so the that what well, there was a pneumonia vaccine. I don't know. It's, I'm breaking these down by by per jab that they've introduced between those times. So and, and the amount of deaths re, um, and adverse reactions, just to give you an idea. So they had another pneumonia vaccine. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce it, uh, but it was granted authorization by the MHRA on the 20th of May in 2015. As of April 8th of 2021, there have been 8,238 adverse reactions and 38 deaths reported for that jab. All right. The rabies vaccine from Glax- uh, GlaxoSmithKline, in which uh, Patrick Valance, Sir Patrick Valance, has shares in, I might add, if anybody was wondering, was granted authorization by the MHRA on April 6th of 2017. As of April 8th of 2021, there have been 2,387 adverse reactions and one death associated with it. The Vivativ vaccine to tackle typhoid fever was granted authorization on July 25th of 2018. As of April 8th of this year, there have been 309 adverse reactions and zero deaths related to that. And it goes down in each one of these and it breaks down all the side effects and everything else. I mean, it's a long list. I'm not going to go down through all that. The Meiju Gate vaccines to go after meningitis or granted authorization on the, 31st, on the 31st of March of 2015. As of April 8th this year, they're all the same end date. So I'll, you know, I'll just save the time on that. There have been 9,980 adverse reactions and two deaths reported. The anthrax vaccine, which was we're doing anthrax vaccines to the general population now. Are you serious? The anthrax vaccine was granted authorization on the 3rd of May in 2018. And April of this year, there have been 294 adverse reactions and zero deaths. The anthrax vaccine has been that killed over 100,000 troops that took it. Not to mention the fact that it caused Gulf War syndrome in a lot of them. The hepatitis A vaccine was granted authorization on December 24th of 2020. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. And as of April this year, there were 848 adverse reactions and one death. The influenza vaccine, the flu, the flu shot, uh, the earliest of which was granted authorization in 2013. They couldn't get a flu shot approved before 2013. Have had 23,068 adverse reactions and 227 deaths reported. The COVID-19 vaccine, the Pfizer specifically, just that one this year. And by the way, I'm not going to give an approval date on that because, again, it's not approved. It's under emergency use authorization. 236,550 adverse reactions, 450 deaths, just with the Pfizer shot. That's as of June 30th of this year in the UK. That was brought in. Um, 
less than a year ago. Does does it list there how many vaccines were administered for those? No, it doesn't say. The, that's also a, a good statistic to know. It is. Like yeah, it how is. many uh, how many were vaccinated and how many of those were to know. be honest. To be honest, I don't think that they have those actual numbers. I think they're just cooking them up as they go along because I don't yeah. I don't buy these. I don't yeah. buy these numbers. I'm all about data, and so are you. I mean, I want real statistics. Yeah. That's all we've ever asked for in all of this is just give us real data. And they haven't done any of that. They've lied about everything. The AstraZeneca jab, right? That's the one they've been having the blood clotting problems with. 960 deaths with that one as of June 30th. 775,940 adverse reactions associated with it. Just AstraZeneca. Hell, they've been they've shut down AstraZeneca in. Uh, Germany and France and Denmark and Finland and Sweden and Norway. I mean, they shut it down in like 18 European countries and they're still saying, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, take that one. Yeah. Here, we're going to give this one to you as a summer gift from we the government. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to give you that one. Sure. There have also been six deaths among 22,191 adverse reactions to the Moderna vaccine and 24 deaths among the 2,690 adverse reactions uh, reported where the brand of the vaccine was not specified. In all, if you add up all of these statistics just around the COVID-19 vaccines, as of June 30th, they have caused 1,037,376 adverse reactions and 1,440 deaths. And now they're talking about booster jabs. Okay, again, this proves my point in a lot of respects. You have a lot of these other vaccines that we started with here. Okay, so like the ones that were that were for like pneumonia, the ones that were for um, tetanus, the ones that were for uh, diphtheria and, and typhoid and, and meningitis and things like that. The adverse reactions and the deaths surrounding them are minuscule, minuscule. It's almost to the point where, hell, some of them didn't even record any deaths. The one for typhoid fever, zero deaths, zero deaths around that. The one for meningitis, two deaths with that, associated with that in the grand scheme of things. Now, granted, you also have to take into account what is not being shown here, which is what Bruce talked about, which was you need to know how many were administered. You need to be able to understand that number. That's a key statistic that's not there. So unfortunately, we can't do that. I don't see too many people lining up to get a meningitis shot. I don't see too many people lining up to get a, a typhoid fever shot. But my point is, is that vaccines are a real thing. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I want to be very clear on that. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm anti this flu vaccine and I'm anti these COVID jabs. If you look at just the death statistics surrounding those two things, they have the highest death rate just around those two. And they're pushing those two the hardest. My first question is, what is the government so afraid of that they're they're pushing these vaccines so heavily? Uh, are, are, are they because we know the, the, the virus itself, you have a survival rate of uh, 99.9. Was it four, three? Seven. I think it keeps it keeps lowering. Uh, it's seven. Seven. 99.97 uh, now. Yeah. yeah. So the, the survival rate keeps or the death rate keeps going down. The survival rate keeps going up as we find out more data. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to the flu. Um, so what is the government so afraid of that they're pushing a vaccine that is killing people and having adverse reactions that are some of which are requiring those people to to remain on? Um, well, Big Pharma's dole, basically. What What is it that they're so are, are they afraid of us because of what they're no. bringing forth? Are no. they afraid of the elite, the other yeah. elite? Because, yeah. you know. I think so. Uh, I, w I, w I would wager it's both of those. I, I would Could, say at this point, they're yeah. afraid of us yeah. because uh, when they start enacting what they're planning to enact with the Great Reset, ESGs, social credit, so forth, the society is going to come unglued. 
they will be hunted. I mean, I, that's not a threat. That's a, and yeah. when you look at history and you enact these kind of things to a free people, there, there is bloodshed. Yeah. And it doesn't then go you well. Also, historically, just so we're clear, historically, it doesn't go well for those that try to impose this. It does not go well. And it doesn't go well for their families either. Exactly. So I, I think at one point they're afraid of us. And by pushing this vaccine with these side effects and deaths, it's it's thinning the herd, if you will. It's culling the herd so they have less threat to themselves. And well, then the, the elites getting... are, are pushing them. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the, but the other problem is, is they're killing their own supporters. I mean, it's it, it's just like the cult programming. They're killing their own. What does a cult do? It always demands more. And in the end, what happens? They kill their followers every time, every time. Yep. So what, it, again, I would ask, uh, what, what are you afraid of? Who are you most afraid of here? Um, clearly, it's not entirely the people. There's something else pushing them here. Uh, because as I said, it's not the, it's not the virus that they're concerned mm. about. No, that's the last thing on their minds. I, honestly, I think, I think they're too, they're too caught up in, in everything behind the scenes. Now, like I said yesterday, they can't, they can't hide this much longer. Once that, I mean, like the facade's about off, right? That, that ugly facade's getting pulled back. The banks are empty. The pension funds are gone. And I don't care if you're right, left, center. I, I don't care your politics. As a matter of fact, when that comes known to people, once that gets out there, once that becomes known to everyone that the pensions are gone, you will have no money. Once that comes out that they stole all the money, you're not going to care about party politics anymore at all. You're not going to care about anything. You're going to care about one thing and one thing only. That is survival and revenge. You're going to want to know who's done this to you. So in the meantime, they're cooking up this nice little whatever this is, to keep you occupied and keep you scared and keep you in fear because you need them. No, they're the ones that stole from you. This is where I'm confused with all of this, with the, the Great Reset and ESGs and all that. Yeah, keeping the populace under your thumb and everything, I understand enslaving them, so on and so forth, I get it. What I'm not understanding is uh, if you take some cues from China, if you really want to control a populace, if you really want to have them under your thumb, make them happy. It just it just ensure that you fulfill their vices and they will basically blindly follow you. They will blindly do whatever the hell you want them to as long as you keep them happy. And the, the stuff that they're pushing for doesn't ensure that. You're, you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. You're going to trigger violence. You're going to trigger people resisting by going down that road. So I don't understand why they're pushing for that. Uh, they think they can manage. They think they can manage the crisis. See, they they're losing on COVID. They need to they need to come up with something else. But at the same time, like they're getting found out about the COVID stuff, even by the people like the people that have been jabbed. Now, a lot of them are starting to get to the point where, hey, wait a minute, uh, we're going to have to wear masks again. We're, we're going to have to go back into lockdowns again. We're going to have to uh, go through all of this a again. See, too late even for them, it is too late for them, but it, even they're starting to get it. Honestly, I think, again, as you said, it's it's kind of, yeah, there's like that. That one's kind of uh, that was kind of a done deal for them. You got conned. Sorry. You know, that's that's what it is. You, you got conned. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, pray. That's the best thing I can tell you at this point. Pray. Yeah, because we, honestly, based on the research, like we've talked based on the research, people that get the vaccine, uh, your future does not look bright. No. Uh, and when you got Klaus Schwab running around out there on international TV saying, as long as not everyone's been vaccinated, well, then no one will be safe. That right there should make you run for the hills and join a militia. 
That right there in and of itself. We're getting low on time here, so I want to get to this. Senator Rand Paul sat down with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Excuse me, where are my manners? I do this so many times, you'd think I would have it down by now. The sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is, quite frankly, he's he's been stellar through this entire pandemic. I can't imagine what life would be like if we didn't have him around, giving us advice and, and telling us about what we needed to do and and telling us, I mean, reassuring the public, really telling us to get over our 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 fear and and stop making our political statement, you know, just and just just do it already, you know, just get over it, right? Where would we be mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. him? Where where would we be without him? Doctor Fauci and Rand Paul sat down today in a heated argument. And Fauci, what did he do? Well, he does exactly what he does best on Capitol Hill. He played stupid. That's all he did. He also got questioned by Senator Marshall. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but. First clip I have here of Fauci is, is it this one? Yeah. First clip I have here of Fauci is with Senator Rand Paul on gain of function. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain of function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract (laughs) that statement. This paper Mm -hmm. that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain uh-huh. as not being gain of function. Oh. What so was? Let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah. transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And and <laughs> Senator Paul, you do not know what that you are talking about, definition. quite frankly. It is. And I want he to say that officially, you do not know <laughs> what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH, one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition. The, apparently, that's not gain of function research. When you take an animal virus and you purposely amp it up to infect human cells, that's not gain of function research. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By Fauci's <laughs> definition, that that's not science. That literally, that is gain of function. That's the point. Gain of function is what they did. My guess here is this, is that they were working on, how do I put it? Well, there's really no other way to say it. I think they were working, honestly, and I I truly believe this when you start looking at where all this money was coming from and who was involved and everything else behind the scenes. I think they were working on a biological weapon and they pushed it as far as they could push it in America and in Canada, and they couldn't go any further with it. So they moved it over to China into those labs where they could do their dirt and the Chinese would look the other way. Yeah, they're not going to care. Of course not. They own the World Health Organization. Of course, they're not going to care. So they set up a, a they set up a, a front company and picked some buffoon named Peter Daszak, called it Eco Health Alliance, and ran all the money through him. The NIH, American Academia, the Department of Defense, Google, all involved. The Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese couldn't do gain of function. We gave it to them. Hell, Obama actually shut it down, and Fauci restarted it in secret. More than likely with Gates. He does sit on his board. He is a member of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation board. You think he might know something about it. Gain of function in this case was they needed to give the virus a vector. You you need a vector. You need something. In this case, the vector was human lung tissue. They created this using pig lungs. That's what they did with it because uh, pig organs are like, what is it, like 90, 99%, 98% like compatibility with ours, is like similar, yeah, that kind of it's stuff. 90 something, yeah. 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 So 
we use those in science and research and, and development and all this stuff. And, they, you know, they, they talk about this stuff here like this is some kind of a double-edged sword. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because every time you try to talk or, or you get someone that actually questions this kind of research, they say, oh, well, it has dual purpose. It has a dual purpose. We're looking at ways of developing vaccines to fight. Well, you want us to fight these viruses, don't you? Uh, well, yes, but we don't want you to create them. Senator Paul is a medical doctor. He's not incorrect here. He understands very well what he's talking about. He's very articulate. And Senator Paul doesn't have a history of two things that are key here, especially when you're speaking to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Senator Paul does not have a history of flip-flopping, and Senator Paul does not have a history of lying to the American people. So he knows very well what he's saying to Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci knows very well what he's saying to Senator Paul. Yeah, in fact, the senator is one of the, if not the most consistent politician that we have, at least currently. But I mean, God, over over the, uh, the years that I know of politics that he's been in there, he's been the most consistent. We've had Republicans and whatnot falter on their stances uh, time and time again and gone basically rhino. And he's stayed consistent. I mean, he stayed consistent on the budget over the years, having physical buzz budgets. No, none of the other politicians do. Thomas I mean, Massey. A few do, but... Thomas Massey. Yeah, a few do, but, I mean... Yeah. Massey, uh, some of them, uh, you know. Mike Lee, I think Mike Lee's done a couple mm -hmm. of things, but yeah. um, he, he's backed on a couple of things, but, you know, that's, that's, I, I can let a couple of things, literally a couple of things, I can let those slide, and they weren't really major issues, but yeah. as far as uh, staying true to... I mean, Massey, well, Massey and Paul, those two, they're both from Kentucky. I yeah. mean, what, what does that tell you? Well, Lee is Utah. Lee's Utah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, clip two. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Fauci. Senator Paul. We're look, saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you and admit the truth. And you implying. Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I oh, totally yes. resent and that. Could have and if anybody and is lying been. here, Senator, it is you. Does he seem a little agitated to you? Just a little bit? Seems a little agitated. Actually, the vibe I was getting from uh, Fauci is very childish in the way his it mannerisms and yeah. the way I was he's just getting around. ready to it's say, very, does he want to go out to the bike of, rack after school, <laughs> after the last bell or what? Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the way he's... He's saying you're you're the one that's lying. It's just like the, the you're way the one that's lying here. Yeah, 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 that that yeah. Brooklyn yeah, accent. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Very very childish. It yeah, is. But it is. The, the other thing is, is he argues that they didn't fund it because uh, it was a uh, basically that it was a grant, and they sent a grant to another uh, another. They ran it through Eco Health. Eco Health Alliance. Yeah, yeah, and then it went to the Wuhan lab. You still funded it. That's literally still funding it. Like it, it, it's yeah. not. It's like. It's like a shell corporation. It's money laundering. Yeah. For example, if I want to, let's say that I want to make an illegal purchase. I'm not the type of person to buy things off the black market, but let's be honest, people do. And you don't want to be seen doing that. Well, for a fee, you can go through someone else and they'll buy it for you. That's a shell corporation, just in a nutshell for anybody wondering. You can go through someone else. That way, if anyone does any investigating... There's no paper trail that leads back to you. However, in this case, there is. They didn't clean up that paper trail well enough. By the way, the Chinese Communist Party's out today saying that the World Health Organization, you know, because the, the Tedros, whatever he said, was, uh, he said we prematurely uh, ruled out the uh, the lab leak theory. Uh, it's not a leak, again, to be clear. Uh, but yeah. 
I half think that the CCP is playing this on purpose. They want the World Health Organization to play that narrative. And the reason they want them to play that narrative is because it gives the Chinese Communist Party enough of a reason to come out and say the following, which they have said today. The World Health Organization should spend less time looking at the Wuhan lab and spend more time looking at Fort Detrick in America. Those samples had to come from somewhere, didn't they? Uh Uh-huh. So the buck was passed from Senator Rand Paul, as you just heard the uh, you just heard Madam Speaker there. His time was up, as uh, Fauci said, he was a he was a liar. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to I don't mean to to criticize somebody for their accent. I never do that. But in this case, Fauci, I'm sorry, he deserves a couple of smacks across the face with a roll of dimes, uh, which is how they used to handle things in New York back in the day. Senator Marshall questioning Dr. Fauci on the spike protein. Now, it's a simple question. It's a simple question. This is the key. The S1 spike protein. This is key. We talked about this two years ago. The S1 spike protein was in the Indian study that they were bullied to have pulled in the initial stages. The S1 spike protein. Year ago. A little over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, The S1 spike protein, which is the spike protein that is on SARS-CoV-2 or the coronavirus, which is oddly the same spike protein that's now... I'll let him explain it. But basically, he's asking... Dr. Fauci, don't you think it's kind of interesting that there's a spike protein on this that's now associated with a project that you had previously helped develop? Let's hear what he says. That led to this, uh, an S1 spike that looks very similar, if not exactly, to what's on the COVID-19 spike. Um, What are you referring to, Senator? Can you please be more specific? Yeah. So I'm talking about the S1 subunit of the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah, what, what about it? I'm, I'm, I mean, are you talking about an experiment? Are you talking about a paper that was published? So yeah, I'm talking about uh, viral research that was done using NIH funding with the North Carolina lab. And Dr. Shi developed this S1 subunit. To be clear, when he's referencing Dr. Shi, he's talking about the bat lady. She's in Glee. So Dr. Xi, who worked with Dr. Ralph Barrick, who Fauci channeled the money to through EcoHealth Alliance. Unit spike that looks exactly like what we have on the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah. Is that not true? No, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. Are you referring to the paper of Barrick and Xi in Nature Immunology? Is that what you're referring? I I need to know specifically. Yeah, so Dr. Barrick and Xi printed uh, studies on this S1 unit that was basically the development of the key to the door that was specifically took a the original SARS virus and made it so it would bond to the human lung cells. Mm-hmm. Now, there was no gain. If you're referring, Senator, to gain of function by the definition. Okay, I mean, that's not my question. Well, but would, well you, would you agree that, that but the, when, the spike that was developed there is what's also on the current? Yeah, COVID-19 but that's, that's, ir- that's irrelevant to anything oh, until no, you have a context not. in which you're putting it. You're talking about an S1 and a spike in what context? If you're talking about a paper that was written by them? But, but you agree or disagree that it's the same spike? I'm not sure what you're talking about, Senator. I'm really not sure what you're talking about. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. I'll tell you. Uh, Senator Casey. I'll tell you what he's talking about. Senator Marshall is making reference. He's not referencing, a, he's not referencing the vaccine. He's not doing anything like that. What he's referencing is, don't you think it's a little funny that that S1 spike protein that you used, that you funded to the bat lady, 
And Dr. Barrick, don't you think it's kind of coincidental that that was in the research that you funded with these two individuals? And that's the exact same spike protein that's on the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Don't you think that's kind of funny? I'm not sure what you're referring to. He's referring to the fact that you paid for the development of it, Tony. That's what he's referring to. He knows. He knows. He fully knows. He's playing dumb. They've been caught. I mean, it's basically like you, you cut a kid with their hand in the cookie jar. That, that's basically how he's acting right now. No, my hand wasn't in the cookie jar. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. That's, that's what he's doing. That's a pretty good impression. He, he literally sounds just about like that. <laughs> in the meanwhile, while all of that is going on, that's Capitol Hill today. That's what's happening up there today. In the meantime, the same guy who developed this, which we told you about that well over a year ago, the same guy that developed this or had paid for to have it developed is now saying all children, listen to me very carefully, all children, whether vaccinated or not, should wear masks for the upcoming school year, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics and Dr. Anthony Fauci, who you just heard, concurs. He, he fully agrees with it. But the American public should not be concerned about wearing masks. Yeah. What was it that he said? You you need to take it seriously. But actually, that that was a clip from last March, I believe. Here it is. Obviously, you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. Well, but. Clearly, they're following the science, though, right? Yeah, uh, that's why that's why it keeps changing. And, and well, science evolving. is ever evolving. Yeah, it's, science is ever yeah. evolving. It's dynamic, as as he said. But of course, the science is pretty much settled uh, as far as they're they're concerned. You know, we're sitting here and we're, we're trying to navigate a maze that doesn't have an end point. That's all we're doing is we're just we're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic here. They know that this is coming out in the halls of Congress where it needs to come out. The media is conveniently ignoring it. They're doubling down. The European leaders are doubling down because, let's be clear, Fauci and Gates go down, which they're meant to be taken down anyway, if you if you weren't aware of that by now. Same thing, Klaus Schwab. They'll torpedo these guys. They'll get them out of the way. If the project can continue in another way, they will remove those people. They're front men at the end of it. They're front men for the banks. What happens when you have a product or a service that has become destructive and loses market share, and you have all kinds of lawsuits, you rebrand, you remarket, you repackage, you change the slogan, you change the logo, you change the name. That's all they'll do. So that's why, yeah, they'll change the faces. That's why when you go after them, you go all the way. You go 110% on these people. You go 150% or you don't do it at all. You know, you you made reference to this being a maze without an end there. Mm -hmm. And I I, I thought about... um, we did actually have love him or hate him. We had someone that was punching holes in walls and and revealing the men behind the curtain uh, there for a while. And Trump, right? Yeah, he, he did actually reveal some stuff, whether he was intentionally doing it or bumbling around and, and just happened to pull a curtain down that he wasn't supposed to. He did reveal some stuff to us that, um, you know, the corruption in our government. And um, so far, we've done nothing about it. You know, I it, yeah, it's, and it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I, I've listened to other big name 
uh, people in broadcasting. Uh, you know, the, the guys over at the Blaze, you know, Glenn Beck's outfit, they do great work. People like Doug Hagman, they do great work. Steve Bannon, his group, they do great work. Project Veritas, James O'Keefe does great work. Andy No. Elijah Schaefer, these, oh, of course, Elijah Schaefer's tied in with the blaze, but Andy, no, independent journalist, editor at large, the post-millennial. He's been tracking Antifa for years. This is great work that these people in these organizations do. That's real journalism. I mean, and I know there's others out there. I just named a few. But these are people that are not on the fake conservative bandwagon, if you will. Hell, some of them aren't even conservatives. I wouldn't call Andy No a conservative. I wouldn't call Tim Poole a conservative. But my point is, is that when you have investigative journalists, real investigative journalists, and make no mistake, that's not what we are. We're just people. We're, we're just concerned citizens. That's all we are. When you have real investigative journalists go through and dig and bring this information to light and they turn it over to justice, supposed justice, nothing gets done. I like the work that James O'Keefe and the people over at Project Veritas do. That's groundbreaking stuff. That's real journalism. But nothing ever happens with it. Something does happen to it. You remember those uh, the the two that made the videos in Planned Parenthood, uh, and they exposed them. Yes, yeah. they were okay. the ones that went to prison, not the ones that were yes. doing the illegal crimes. Yeah, yeah, and well, I, I will say that Project Veritas, their first thing, I will say, their first thing that they did, Project Veritas, they brought down Acorn. That was the outfit, the community organizing thing that Obama was tied in with, and they went in undercover and said, "Yeah, we want to bring in uh, illegal." Uh, we want to bring in illegal underage girls and we want to put them to put them in work in the sex industry. And they said, OK, we, we don't want to know about that, but we'll tell you how to do it. That was the downfall of Acorn. But after that, nothing. Andrew Breitbart, he came out at CPAC and said, oh, I've got tapes. I've got videotapes of Obama at communist meetings back in the 60s. I've got them. He's at uh, he's at communist meetings with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, his wife, talking about how they're going to overthrow the U.S. I've got him. He was dead a few days later. So the fact is, is that these other outfits, nothing ever gets done. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I, I wish putting people away in organized crime, I wish that I had this much information on some of those cases that I put people away for. This is not that difficult. It is really not that difficult. Hell, I wish we had access to more information than what we do. I wish we had access to other means. I mean, we've only got so much here. We're just going off what's public record. That's it. We don't dig down into things that you can't get as a normal citizen. You can get all the information that we can get. Hell, we tell you where to go most of the time. But nothing ever happens with this. Andy No has been involved with Antifa, as in investigating Antifa, for years. Nothing ever gets done. He's on his Twitter account or whatever he's on now. I don't know if they've banned him off Twitter yet, but he's got his Telegram page up now. He's officially on Telegram now. They've, they've given him the page. Someone started the page and, and gave it to him. They were nice enough to give it to him. And he's been posting stuff over there every day on Antifa, who they are, tracking them, talking about their crimes, listing them, showing it every day. He's listing this stuff. That's real journalism. That's real investigative journalism. And nothing ever happens. It does look like his Twitter's still up. It does. OK, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's good that it's up. But it just shows that the system, the, the system that we're trying to we're trying to deal with here, not I, I know that maybe we're, we're hitting it from the wrong angle, but it makes it sound like we're sitting here and we're taking on the system. No. No, in my opinion, and you out there as a listener, maybe you have a different opinion. I'm not sure. But I think the system now is too far gone. The colleges lost. That battle was lost. The public schools, you're losing them. You're losing them fast. Public health, the healthcare industry. And let's be honest, it's an industry. It's a business. 
You're not a patient. You're a customer. That's broken. Big tech's broken. The justice system is non-existent. The politicians, the political parties, it's all got to go. It's all got to go. And I'm not advocating for uh, let's burn it all down, man, and that that old hippie adage and and be like Antifa and a bunch of anarchy. That's not what I'm saying. Tip O'Neill said that all politics are local. I really believe that. All politics are local. International involvements, global governments, international organizations, cartels like the United Nations, the European Union, things like this, doing business with China at the expense of slave labor in their population by, make no mistake, Western capitalists. This is not the direction we need to be going. That is what has put us in this position. That's what's put us in the jackpot. We've got to revert back. You can't destroy the system. The system's on self-destruct. It's going to go anyway. You can't tear down this system and leave a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. You've got to replace it with something. You have to offer people a replacement. We've talked about it before. You've got to get rid of the political parties. It's time for them to go. Political parties are over. It's time for that to end. We need independent representatives that vote their conscience. We vote on them based on their ideas and what they stand for. Political parties is tribalism, does nothing but block people up and divide people. It's proven itself to be just that. Shutting down farms, shutting down the local restaurants, bringing in the chain, the chain companies, the big corporations. It's essentially, it's monopoly capitalism where you have chains of things all owned by the same corporation. This system has what is what has fundamentally failed and brought us here. If the system's going to go, you've got to be able to offer people an alternative. There can't be something that is offered by the groups of the likes of Antifa. They don't have a replacement. They don't have a plan B. They're not going to offer you something better. The politicians, the current system, the current dying world order, they're not going to offer you something better. They want complete chaos managed by a small group of elite people. They want everyone else living in squalor and, and, and desperation. They want you so desperate, so poor, so decadent that you're too busy sitting around trying to figure out how to stay alive than to be having your own time, spending it with your family, raising a family, learning things, learning philosophy, learning geopolitics, learning other cultures. So you can take them on in the marketplace and in the arena of ideas. They don't want people to be able to have that sophistication for themselves. So we have to offer something else. You have to offer something better. And quite frankly, where we're at and where we're headed, that's not something better. So we've got to get back to what works. You got anything else? No, nothing else here. Okay. Would you believe it's time already? Um, Time flew. Did. Yeah, it did. All right. We have a very special guest coming up tomorrow. So, uh, especially for the new listeners. So uh, be sure and check us out tomorrow. Good friend of mine uh, that uh, that usually comes on every now and again. I spoke with him a couple of days ago. Uh, He called me, wanted to know if I was still still faring okay because of the horrible weather that's been going on over here. Man-made climate change, you see. Uh, He wanted to know if I was okay. uh, And I invited him on uh, on the podcast tomorrow. So uh, he'll be here. And to, to be fair, especially to the new listener, this is a gentleman that's he and I are the best of friends. We have been for a good number of years now, over 10 years, and we virtually agree on nothing. So uh, just to give you an idea that we're not uh, we're not one sided here. But the only thing we do agree on, actually, actually, there's two things we agree on. There, there's two things. One, we agree on wanting to have a constitutional republic, which kind of goes along with the Second Amendment. And two, 
we agree on the fact that we need to have free and fair elections, no matter which way it goes. So uh, he is for minimal government involvement as well, but in a different manner. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Anyway. All right. Uh, for those of you who are not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast just for our Telegram subscribers once a week. So be sure and check us out this week. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.